Welcome back for another episode of Where's That Tiger podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Westfall. We've got JV back with us and special guest, former women's basketball player, Marie Ferdinand Harris. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, on this podcast, we like to remind the fans um, where you came from and then where you are now. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to LSU. Well, my journey, wow, it's been a a long journey. My parents are originally from Haiti. Um, So I'm from immigrant parents who found their way to Miami, Florida, and um, lived in a very bad area where the school districts were the worst school districts but you know for my family coming with little that's the best they had and that's what they could afford but growing up as a little girl i just had something in me where i wanted something more and although i was in the midst of darkness i was always trying to focus on where lies a light and um, the goal was for me to find a way to get to college you know Mm -hmm. college is something that's not you know in our, in our type of family upbringing, you know, they don't push college because of the life, because of the upbringing and how daunting it is to be mm-hmm. in the environment that we grew up in. Um, but my mom and dad split, now my mom's raising eight kids on her own in a two bedroom apartment. And, um, and I just wanted to find a way to help my mom make things better. Um, and at the age of 13, just stumbled on basketball and just, being on that court, not knowing what I'm doing, breaking all the rules. But I remember at the end of the practice, the coach looking at me and saying, wow, I can work with you. I guess he saw my athleticism um, and figured if I can teach her the game, she can, she may have a chance. But for me, I had a great time hanging out with my friends. Um, so it made me continue. And I feel like my divine intervention came in high school when I started to like basketball, but now I still didn't really have the fundamentals instilled. But I had this coach who was a security guard um, at our school because, like I said, the schools we went to were very bad. So we had security guards all over. And I can remember this one particular security guard always coming in and teaching us, volunteering his time to teach us basketball fundamentals. And he was that coach where if you're going to commit to something, you're going to commit. And he had us in the gym year round. If we couldn't get in the gym, he would put us in this little minivan, take us to a nearby park and continue our development. He was just invested and wanted to see us succeed in life. Um, So within a year of just buying into what he was saying, I became one of the most sought after guards that all these universities wanted to give me a scholarship. Had University of Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, Miami, and everyone thought I was going to Florida. But I, um, and I thought I was going to Florida until I made my official visit, unofficial visit actually, to Baton Rouge and they gave me some of that good old jambalaya, (laughs) that good old um, um, gumbo, and I was hooked. You know, I was just, uh, I just wanted, I knew I wanted to be there. Then I remember going to a game and fell in love with Kevin Falk. I just thought he was so good, you know, and so wow. humble. We got a chance to meet him during the visit and meeting Sue Gunner and learning about Coach Gunner and this legendary coach who was like a mom, really cared for the person, not just the player. And I was surrounded by great teammates. So I just felt like, oh my gosh, this is the place I want to be. And it turned out to be a very great decision because not only did I get my degree, become a Hall of Famer, a Kodak All-American, an Olympian, I even met my husband there. I mean, when do you get a package deal like that? (laughs) So I felt like I won. I love that. I love it. So many things um, that you touched on Mm -hmm. really stand out about your experience here Mm -hmm. at LSU. You mentioned Sue Gunner. Mm -hmm. And so this weekend, you're back for the alumni game and recognizing Sue Gunner's 
name added to the court. Mm-hmm. How does it feel um, to one, be back with your teammates mm-hmm. and then to, to witness that honor for Coach Gunner? Well, it's going to be, I mean, we have a WNBA women's basketball group chat and it's been blowing up since Thursday. Everyone's exciting, excited, and we're all, you know, it's a, it's a sorority for us. You know, yeah. we stay in, th- in touch throughout the year. But um, once we get together, oh, it's, it's over. And to come here and to be a part of something special, which is to honor Coach Gunner and have her name on the court, that speaks volume because Coach Gunner has had such impact in so many lives, you know, so to see her get the recognition and for her name to be put on that court, it's going to be just heartwarming for all of us because she is the reason why we have become who we are. You know, it's what she has instilled in us. And and on top of that, having Kim Mulkey to open up the doors and support this, you know what I mean? It just goes to show how amazing Kim Mulkey is as well to, you know, embrace and welcome that and support that and be all a part of it. So it's a win-win we're excited we already have plans for tonight saturday sunday i mean it's going down so it's something we're looking forward to for sure so what was um other than the jambalaya the mm-hmm. gumbo um obviously sue gunner mm-hmm. what else was it about lsu that was drawn to you um mm-hmm. obviously not too many people come down to baton rouge mm-hmm. from florida and say yeah this is where i want to be yeah so what you know kind of brought you in and mm-hmm. wanted, wanted to make yourself be a Tiger? Um, I really do believe from the very moment I stepped foot on campus, it just felt like something that was real. It wasn't like a front or being sold a dream. It felt like, oh my gosh, genuine people sharing genuine experiences, not just the coaches, but also the players. You know, they were just sharing of, you know, how great LSU has been for them. I just felt like it was a real thing. It wasn't you know, some show that they were putting on. These were genuine people, caring people, where I felt safe. I felt like this would be a safe place for me. Yeah, that was uh, – somebody asked me a while back why mm-hmm. I came to LSU, and I said, it just felt right. Yeah. I don't know what it was. This is the last mm-hmm. place I was coming, but it yeah. just felt right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned Kevin earlier, by the way. Yeah. He, he works here, so I don't know where he's at. You may run into him. <laughs> he, I don't know, he's, he's somewhere around here. I know yes. Fridays might not be his day, but he, <laughs> like, but he might be around yes. somewhere. Um, obviously, spending your time here uh, – excelling in basketball. Mm-hmm. When did you mention Cedric? So yeah. I wanted to bring him up. Mm-hmm. When when did that process come in when you when you guys met each other? Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, I actually, when I was here at LSU, I was dating a track player at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, Cedric and I were always good friends. You know, if I needed to get to the store, he would let me use his car, vice versa. We were just, you know, as athletes, we're all close together. Mm-hmm. We hang out at the Academic Center for Athletes. So everyone knows everyone. So he was more a good friend. It wasn't until after I left LSU and I played my first year in the WBA in Utah. Um, actually, I was playing on a um, NWBL team, it, which is a off-season professional league for women, and it's in Tennessee, and Cedric is from Arkansas. And I said, mm, I should reach out to Cedric. I'm not too far away. Maybe he can come check out the game. And I reached out to him. I had to hunt down um, um, Shane Human, mm-hmm. his best friend at the time, and he connected me with Cedric. And from there on, we started just talking, and we never stopped talking. And then all of a sudden, he started writing little letters. Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh, that's so unique <laughs> and different and sweet. So definitely the little love letters won uh, my heart. All right, all right. And that's kind of a true LSU love story. So I know he's a teddy bear. I like it. I like it. That's, that's awesome. 
I think he was playing the long game yeah. with letting yeah, you let you buy the car, you yeah. know, setting the groundwork. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. brownie points. Talk about some of those other connections mm-hmm. you made um, while here as an athlete at LSU, and that you touch on now mm-hmm. every day, whether it's in work or in professional or personal growth. Um, some of those relationships. Um, I can touch on maybe a relationship that I didn't touch, that I didn't. Um, what's the word? utilized to the best of my ability because when I played, you know, it was more, I saw the tree, I never saw the forest. One of those things where I'm this diehard, anyone who knows me know I live in the gym. That's just all I care about is basketball and becoming the best. And I can remember one time in practice, before our practice, I would always go in early to try to get some shots up before my team come in. And here I am going down to the PMAC to get my shots up and I see Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, and they're just having their little power hour five on five game. And I'm like, with my ball in my hand, like, can't these old guys get off the floor already? <laughs> like, I'm trying to get my shots up. Like, can they get off? You know, and I always remember that moment because that was my moment to go and introduce myself to Nick Saban and to Jimbo Fisher and establish a relationship then. And I never did. All I can think about was getting my shots up. So I always share that story because now I do speak in engagement. And I try yeah. to share with athletes, hey, maximize those opportunities. Don't just see the tree, see the forest. There are plethora of things you can do on campus to set you up. Because how cool would it have been to say, hey, I know Nick Saban. He's a good friend of mine. I have him on speed dial. You know, so I always remember that that story and another one, if you guys don't mind me sharing. Yeah, go ahead. Um, when we played, um, what's his name? Brandon Landry. Yes. We, we're playing at the same time, and I can remember us always, Stromal Swift, myself, yep. Brandon, we're all at the Academic Center for Athletes, and we were just talking, whatever, and they would always ask us if we want to do some appearances, coaches, you know, that players need to do. And I can remember Stromal and I always turning it down. Like, no, 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 we're about to get our shots up. We're going to the yeah. dungeon. At the time, we had a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Now they have real facilities. Yeah. The dungeon <laughs> still exists now. It's still there. Oh, but, okay, yeah. okay. And, but Brandon Landry, they would always go and do those appearances and they were just building their network and their platform so everything we didn't do they did and when we retired when I retired out of the WNBA and Stroh retired from the W from the NBA we're looking at um Brandon soar with all these walk-ons and I'm like (laughs) what the world see we weren't we we just didn't have that growth mindset to put it together like he did so now we were feeling like walk-ons in life you know what I mean when they were the one that walked on to LSU campus so you know that's why I love now to go and speak and share with young people how important it is to maximize your opportunities you know you have to see not just the tree but see the forest see the plethora of resources that's right here within your disposal don't just be about the ball you know be about the game after the game so but those are just fun stories that I feel like um, I'm supposed to remember because it would push me to help other athletes not miss it absolutely we try and talk about that with mm-hmm. our student athletes all the time yeah. in our education and I, I think that's such a great point mm-hmm. um, now is there some transferable skills or mm-hmm. things that you developed as a LSU athlete that mm-hmm. you use in in the workplace or in life today um, that you feel like you truly developed here Mm -hmm. at LSU? Um, I really think my time management skills, I think that became, I mastered that here at LSU. Here I am, a woman who come from, a little girl actually, who come from Miami, Florida, in a really tough area where I was around people who just looked like me. And now I go to an LSU and it's a culture shock, but I don't really even know how to balance anything. I don't even know how to 
you know, go from my classes to sports, and then on top of that, I'm coming in with a torn ACL. Yeah. So not only juggling school and, and, and sports, but I also, how am I gonna find time to rehab? So that's also a part of it. But I had to learn for myself time management and the importance of it. So I made sure I just put, make things that are important, important. So I was able to master time management with trying to make sure, listen, if there's a class that needed, that I needed to, um, if there's a paper that needed mm -hmm. to be done, I'm not procrastinating, I get on top of it. Even though it's due two months from now, I get right on top of it. You know, I made time to get in that rehab room and get my rehab done, find time to get in the gym. And I feel like that developed with me being an incoming freshman and understanding that you better figure it out real quick. Didn't have mom or dad here. I had to learn the importance of time management. So that ability came from just being here at LSU. Absolutely. Yeah, so kind of transition. Talk to us about the Utah Stars. You mm -hmm. know, being a eighth overall pick, uh, mm -hmm. spending what a good amount of 10, 11 years in the mm -hmm. WNBA. Mm -hmm. What was that like in the experiences of the players you, you played with mm -hmm. and, and, and something that, you know, you and Cedric kind of share in that yeah. professional ranks. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Because it was um, you starting off back then, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. That was very hard because I'm from Miami, and at the time my agent was saying, hey, um, Miami Soul wants you. They had a franchise in Miami. So everyone thought, including myself, I was going to Miami. And nothing like playing in front of your hometown, hometown mm -hmm. fans and family and friends. And to go from hoping you get drafted to Miami to now finding yourself in Utah. You know, it was just like, okay, Lord, that's, you have a sense of humor. Like, what am I gonna do in Utah? I only knew Carmelone and, and Byron Russell at the time. Uh -huh. I, I knew nothing about Utah. But God knew it, he planted perfectly. It was the perfect place for me to be. I was surrounded by great veterans and Jennifer Azey and Natalie Williams, who literally mentored me, this little rookie, and taught me the professional rim of things and how it's done. And so I couldn't have been in a better place um, than Utah. I was able to make an immediate impact. And um, so it, it paid out, it, it planned, God planned it out perfectly for me. So Utah became a place where I can really, really just let the league know who Marie was immediately um, being around just great veterans. That's awesome. What are some things kind of off the court that mm -hmm. you feel like you learned in your WNBA experience um, that you still have today? Well, for me, I always tell people I played 12 years in the WNBA, um, but my greatest years came when I was on the bench. I went from being the star player to finding myself for the first time on the bench, playing alongside Lisa Leslie, Candace Parker, Tina Thompson, some of the WNBA greats. I find myself on the bench, and I didn't know how to make a production on the bench. I had to learn that, but what I was introduced to was service, because for the first time of my life, I learned how to give someone else a water. I learned how to cheer for others when they're having success. I learned what is professionalism. I learned that, you know, even though I may not play, that one minute I'm gonna get, hey, that's gonna be the hardest minute I ever play. So I learned a lot of valuable skills that a lot of people run away from because no one wants to be on the bench. Everybody wants to be in the game. But my greatest lesson came from on the bench and it made me who I am now. It has shaped me to have that ultimate teammate attitude where, you know, I understand the importance of teammates and camaraderie and, and, and just being a part of a team and making it about us, not about you. I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that speaks to so many different athletes yeah. across all sports, yeah. um, truly. 
one thing I wanted to ask your opinion on is, mm-hmm. you know, right now mm-hmm. there's such a growth and excitement surrounding mm-hmm. women's basketball. Oh, yes. You know, with, with college game day coming for um, the South Carolina versus LSU mm-hmm. game and, and even beyond that, mm-hmm. how as a fan mm-hmm. and, and your love of basketball, how does that feel to watch and, and how has it impacted you? You know, I literally watched that South Carolina LSU game um, at home and all I can think about is, man, when we played at LSU, they literally had curtains. You know what I mean? They had curtains that would <laughs> come down because we couldn't even fill out the seat. Our game tickets were like 20 bucks and these tickets were going for like almost $4,000. So to see the growth, it just gave me chills yeah. because at the end of the day, it didn't matter who won or lost that game. I mean, of course I wanted my Lady Tigers to win, but I felt like we won. Eventually we were winners because of the hype, the media attention, just everyone talking about the game. I felt like, wow, we are, we are here like we coming what did um coach o say um his famous line we're coming we're coming, we're yeah. coming. like i feel like that's the women's game now we're coming you know because of just the plethora of attention and media around us now so it, it was just amazing to watch that wow this is a girls game wow they got college game day there like what you just don't see that so right. to see it it was just heartwarming because yeah we coming <laughs> yeah the game day bus pulled up in my parking lot and i couldn't back up <laughs> so, so, it's fine <laughs> so i was like look and it's kind of raining i'm like Aww. i gotta go <laughs> so the guy had to pull up for me but yeah just to, just to see how the game has grown so much mm-hmm. over the years um you know when i was here in school i had you know simone mm-hmm. sylvia files mm-hmm. and everybody going to those games back then you can you can kind of see the trajectory yeah. of where it's going and where it yeah. is now um, but to see the the growth of the game over, I guess, the last 10 or so years, uh, my dear friend who was assistant head coach at South Carolina with uh-huh. Don, he just oh, left and took a job at okay. Bowling Green. He's head coach there now, but I got to go down there and watch some games, mm-hmm. um, and I was just like, what, what, what is this? Yeah. Huh? yeah. It's a whole other level. What is this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. But you speak about Sylvia Fowles. Sylvia, as well as um, – Shalonda Robinson and Florence William. Yep. We all come from that same high school with that same security guard who volunteered his time. Oh, wow. Really? It's the same one that taught all of us. And here I am, I make that jump to go to LSU, and they're all looking now like, oh, wow, I want to I wanna be like Marie. Yeah. And they all follows me, follow me and go on to LSU as well. So yeah. that's a story within itself. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, something, that's a little nugget right there. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the trajectory and growth and, mm-hmm. and where women's basketball is now. Tell us a little bit about where you are now, mm-hmm. um, things you're involved with. Um, I heard you wrote a book. Yes. You know, give, mm-hmm. give the listeners a little bit of where you are now. Um, well, I just released a book, yeah, and it's called Transformed because a lot of – even my former WNBA player teammates, actually – if they see who I am now, they wouldn't even believe it because like I told you guys before, I was just more focused on the game. I never made time for you know, going out with teammates or hanging out. It was just about my craft, being the best I can be. Um, but I mean, since retiring, I've learned so much. I've blossomed into this woman who are, I'm just all about relationships and meeting people. It's like, man, I tell myself, why wasn't I this person when I played? But you know, I feel like God has his timing for everything. But I released this book. The book shares my triumphant-filled journey of becoming this trailblazer. And also I share about how we lost our 14-year-old son, CJ, um, who already had a scholarship for baseball and football to come to LSU. CJ loved LSU. Um, But I share these stories. I share how, you know, 
I've literally won all my life. I've won through escaping my tough environment. I've won through getting through LSU, which is hard. I was like a fish out of water, but I was able to win and graduate and do great things. I won in the WNBA, becoming a three-time WNBA All-Star, and till this day, the only Haitian to ever play in the WNBA. Wow. I won. But then, for the first time of my life, I was facing the biggest loss, which is the loss of my 14-year-old son. But even in loss, like, literally God has shown me that I am still victorious. So I get to share that within the book and with people all around. So I'm excited about Transform. You guys can get a copy. It's, in, it's on Amazon, right? now. Currently, I'm the best seller in my category, so I'm super pumped about that. Yes. And, and that's what's next for me is going out and speaking. I want to get into the speaking circuit and talk about my journey and share with people that, hey, even in loss, you too can be victorious. I want to share, you know, I want to literally help people master that um, that that failure quotient. You know, everybody talk about the IQ, but I'm all about the FQ, trying to get people to find that resilience within them and master the failure um, quotient, which I've done. I've failed in every level, but for some apparent reason, I've succeeded through my failures. Wow. Well. It's mm -hmm. definitely been cool for us to, yeah. to watch your journey, and I'm sure our listeners mm -hmm. will enjoy keeping yeah. up with you. So thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This awesome. was fun. All right. Well, we'll catch you on another episode of Where's That Tiger? Thanks for joining us.